we're in day one, week one, conversation one of this brand new teaching series called Family First. And I want to be really honest with you right out of the gate. We have a goal with this series. The goal is for us to put family where it belongs. The goal is for you to put family where it belongs. That's everything we're going to be about because all of us, we already have family somewhere in our mind, be it our family of origin or the family we find ourselves in now. We've already decided the place that it plays in our lives. And I can guarantee that 100% of the people in this room think of it different than you. They have a different idea of what family is. They have a different value that they've placed on it. They have different experience with it and different hopes for it. So we have to understand what this looks like so we can put it in the place that it genuinely belongs. Some of us, we hold family, we have a high value on it, high esteem. Some of us, we maybe put too much value on family. We place it in a place where it gives us all of our identity and worth. Some of us, we have low value placed on family. Maybe that's because... We've been hurt by it, burned by it. Maybe we've given up on what we thought family might have been able to do. The goal of the series is to expose us or maybe simply reintroduce us to what family means, its place in our lives, its purpose, so that we can put it where it belongs. So all honesty, I want you at the end of this series to join me in making a decision. Our goal is to get to the point where we'll make a conscious decision of what we're going to do with our families. The core basic kind of chunk of the Bible that we're going to rest this entire series on is found, and we're going to be using it every week over and over again, and it's found way, way, way back in history, way, way back in the Bible in which a man arrived at a threshold moment and had to decide what he was going to do with family what he was going to do for himself, what he was going to portray to his community, what he was going to do by putting family where it belongs. The guy's name was Joshua, and this is what he said. He said, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Now, that's a quippy one-liner if you've ever heard one, but that is the goal. Our goal is to get you to make that same commitment, that same decision by showing you what that means and showing you the beauty of it. It's a challenge. It's a, it's, a, it's a bold-faced challenge that I'm asking you to have the guts to go through. And if at the end of the three weeks you're like, nah, I don't want to do that, then you can feel free to walk up to me and stick your tongue out and go, mm, didn't work, don't want to do it. You can do that. That's your prerogative. But I want to show you, we want to have conversations that at the end of these three weeks, it wouldn't need to be something that someone has to push you into. You start to see what I see. Is that when we put family where it belongs, there is no greater way to enjoy it. There is no greater way to heal it. There is no greater way to find purpose for it than knowing how it fits into this plan of it serving the Lord, walking together on the path that God would lay out for you. So if you're here and you would at least want to accept the challenge, I want to yell out, challenge accepted. One, two, three. You missed the first word, which was shout, challenge accepted. You guys are terrible at this. First experience, knock the ears out of anyone. The challenge to put family where it belongs starts with understanding what we call family, what we mean by family. We all have different things that we come with. But I think if you were to boil it down to its most basic form, family's kind of just an idea. It's kind of just an idea that we have, an idea of how to relate to people that we choose to spend our lives with or choose to spend some time with or choose to birth. Any of these things, it's just an idea. Now, for me, I'd go a little bit further than that, and I'd maybe say it's a God-inspired idea. I believe 
And you don't have to believe what I believe. But I believe in the beginning, God decided to make the family. It's his idea. Took a man, took a woman, said, go have babies. That was the birth of the family. And honestly, I think it goes a little bit beyond that because it wasn't just an idea that he said, I'm going to put these guys together and then I'm going to sit back and, oh, it's going to be fun to watch about Thanksgiving when someone brings up politics. He set them on their way and said, this is family. And then over and over and over and over again said, and this is how to do family. Because there's lots of crappy ways to do family. He said, this is the way to do family. He spoke over and again to mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and children and said, this is it. This is how to do it right. So it's not really just an idea. And it's not even just a God-inspired idea. It's actually a God-inspired command at this point. Here's how to do family. But even calling it a command, I don't think even gets to the root of it. Because he didn't just say, hey, do family because I said so. He says, do family, and I've got the best reason for you to do family. I have something that I want to show the world through how you're going to do family. There's a reason that throughout God's message, he refers to himself as God the Father, and then institutes fathers into families. Why he calls his church his children, and then teaches every single one of us what it's like to be a child. And then he calls us together, and we're supposed to refer to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. See, there's so much going on here that family's not just an idea. It's not even just a command. It's a plan. It's a plan to do something that we most often forget about. Most often, it escapes our attention. We lose it in the mess, and we lose it in the day-to-day, and we're not going to lose it anymore. We're going to find it. Next week, we're going to find what it means and what God intended for marriage and how he wants to use it. And how he has a desire for parenting and why he would ever give anyone, anyone to watch over. We're going to work out what it means to put family where it belongs. But to do that today, to start, we have to take a big old step back. Because to understand family and marriage and kids and all that jazz, we have to understand something a little bit more fundamental. Get out of the mess and the noise and the questions that you've got right now about how to love an unlovable person and how to deal with little Buford who keeps introducing your cat to the fish tank. Get out of that and ask a bigger question. Why am I here? What is my purpose before I think of family, before I think of another human being? Why am I here? Because the answer to that question will answer all other questions. Our belief of why you are here is God desires to use you. God desires to show you. God desires to give you the greatest purpose in life, which we say quite simply is to love God and love people, period. Before anything else, it is love God and it is love people. It is love first. To understand love, be loved so you can then love. The rest of our time is just going to be used on this. Laying a foundation, asking the big question, how do you love? How do you love another person? And if you get nothing else out of today, that's all I want you to get. That's all I promise you that you're going to get, is that you're going to walk out and say, at least I now know what they mean by love, potentially what God means by love. And you're going to walk out with the choice now to love like that or to love some other way. So if you have a Bible, digital or paper, go ahead and grab it. And shuffle yourself along to 1 John. 1 John is not John. John is near the front. And 1 John is like a sequel to John, in which is like, hey, I'm John and I've got more to say. 1 John is near the back of the Bible. 
And if you don't have a Bible and you don't care to have one, don't worry about it. The text will be on the back. If you don't have a Bible and you do care to have one, you can head to the welcome station. There's a whole stack there. It's a free gift to you for being with us today. John writes to the church, and he says, this is real love. He says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God makes a big deal about love. He makes such a big deal about love that I think it would be downright weird if he didn't go into specifics. So here we have the specifics. Here we have God seeking to define what love is, and for him to do that, he points to something that has happened, a moment in history as the greatest expression of us even being able to understand what love is. He says it happened with Jesus. He says Jesus was the greatest love. Jesus' mission and his work to come and reconcile God's kids to God the Father, that's real love. And we're going to walk back through that and make the connection of how he points to that as real love, as to now how we are called to love. So back in 1 John, starting again, what he says is, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. The first thing to understand about love is that love chooses to love. It does not create it in happenstance and circumstance. And it is not even based on reciprocity. It is not that someone decides to love you, so you're like, yeah, I guess I could love you back. Real love is choosing to love, to start to choose to love, and then to continue to choose to love. Real love is to initiate love. And in the family, that looks like seeing people in your family that are maybe undeserving of your love. Seeing people that you might even find to be unlovely, and then still choosing to love, because love chooses that responsibility. The next thing we see is that God said that he loved and then he sent his son. He didn't just say he loved, he then displayed that, he showed that. He's the one that said, I know what you need, I'm going to get that for you. I'm going to bridge the gap between me and you. I'm going to send you the most valuable thing I have, my only son, that he would live with you, walk with you, suffer with you, die for you, so that we can reheal this relationship. Jesus was his display of love. And then finally, he sent his son as a sacrifice. I don't know a better way to describe love than sacrifice. Real love is meeting needs before having needs met. Real love is not even actually arriving in a relationship and giving somebody maybe what they want or what they think they need, but it's actually giving them what you know they need and what you have to give to them. See, all those people back in Jesus' day, they didn't know that they needed a sacrifice for their sins. They thought they needed a champion and a ruler and a king. But God knew what he knows still, and he saw what he sees still, that the greatest thing we'll ever need is to understand his love. And the greatest way he could display that was through sacrifice, was to send Jesus Christ to rescue us from sin, to offer adoption into his family. This is real love. 
Real love is a choice that you make to love. Real love is something that you display, and real love is sacrifice. Love without sacrifice is not love at all. It is convenience. And a lot of us settle for convenience in our families and conveniences in our marriage and convenience in our relationships. When Jesus himself said, actually, you know what the greatest show of love has ever been? The greatest love that you could ever show is to lay down your life for another, to give everything that you have for another. That's love. If we, if you, and if I decided that this is what love is, that this is real love, it changes everything. Everything about every relationship you will ever have just changed. Love is no longer about making it by. Love is no longer about having your needs met. It's no longer about the Hallmark card once a year. It's not about convenience. It's about knowing what real love is and choosing that path. To choose that path, to understand that path, to know what real love is, means to know what God is talking about. and Why he says, look to Jesus to understand real love. Because the truth of the matter is, and I think a lot of our difficulty when it comes to wanting to love people is, we don't have the ability to. A lot of our ability to love is bound to the fact that we have to receive love before we can give love. Good things don't come out of us. Good love doesn't come out of us. Selfishness does. So to understand love means to receive it first. A lot of the reasons that our family life sucks, a lot of the reasons that marriage is stale, a lot of the reasons that relationships disintegrate is we have never received God's love. We have never believed it. We have never received it. We have never accepted it. We have never welcomed it. And therefore, we have never been empowered by that to then give it to somebody else. You see, the back half of our guiding text today from 1 John goes on to the means to the end as to what God desires to see now that he has shown us what love genuinely means. John says again, dear friends, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression Don't miss that, not for a moment. What he just said was, you possess the potential to fully express all of the love of the God of the universe to another human being. Friends, since God has done all that, since he's done all of this, hey, let's do that. Let's do that to each other. Let's actually love one another. Let's rock the freaking world with that kind of love. Let's beat marital success odds with that kind of love. Let's go through the pregnancy years with that kind of love, the infertility years with that kind of love. Let's go through toddler years and teenage years and empty nest years with that kind of love. Let's fight with that kind of love. Let's make love with that kind of love. That we could bring about the fullest expression of love through us. That we have that within us. All of us are born to be loved by God. Some of us choose to be reborn. To be reborn, not just to be loved by God, but now to love for God. It is one of the greatest achievements of Jesus' work. Yes, that we are saved. Yes, that we are going to heaven. But yes, that now we can really love. 
the most beautiful and miraculous thing is that we, you and me, could create marriages full of love. We could create families. We could create churches that have had that power already bought by Jesus' blood for us to get it done, for us to really, really love. And the challenge that you'll face forever in your desire and pursuit of love is not the recipient. It is not if they're going to love you back. It's not if it's going to go well. It's your decision to do what you will do. The challenge that faces you today as you think on marriage and parenting and relationships is what you will do. The challenge is for you to put love first. Because if you put love first, then love is already there. To put love first starts by understanding this God love. Understanding what God is trying to communicate you today about love, what it really means and where it really comes from. This pinnacle expression of love in history, this moment for mankind's hope that we could do that, that we could receive that, that you and I could walk with all of our garbage and all of our evil and all of our sin and all of our unreal love and actually find real love, that we could find a father in the truest sense, that we would know forgiveness without manipulation, that we would know redemption, that we would know how to trust, that we would know this love first. Now, if you're sitting here and you, for any reason, any shape or form, are thinking that you're starting to understand this, maybe even if you don't understand it, but you know that you'd like to, all that is happening simply because God knows what he knew then and he sees what he saw then, that this is what we need most, to understand this love, to accept and to receive this love. And I'm going to ask you to do that, to accept and to receive that love, because there's nothing else you can do leaving here today that would be better than that. What's going to happen here in a moment is our music team is going to come up and they're going to lead us in a couple of songs of worship. I'm going to wrap things up and close things out. And as we do, we're going to have our prayer team down by the front of the stage. I want you to come and speak with them. I want you to give them the opportunity to tell you what love is all about, what God's love is all about, to pray over you, to pray with you, to lead you to accepting that love. I want you to come and have your marriage prayed over. I want you to come and have your parenting prayed over. I want you to come and have love prayed over into and through you, that you would understand what God is trying to communicate to you today. Because there is no greater step for you to take than to put love first. And if you would put love first, that's when you get to love well. That's when we put family where it belongs. That's where we put family first. Because those of us who choose to accept this love of God, not only do we have the gift of it, we now have the demand of it. We now have the thing that we're called to, to do something differently, to really love. That you would walk out of here and you would go and love your mother. And you would love your father. And you would love your brother. And you would love your sister. And you would love your wife. And you would love your husband. And you would love your son. And you would love your daughter. And you would love your family because that's what we do now. We are the ones that put it first. We choose to express the choice of love, to display it, to give sacrificially to it. And yes, it's really freaking hard to do. And yes, you don't naturally want to do it. And yes, there's a really good chance the other person won't reciprocate the way you want them to. 
But yes, God is with you. Yes, you have the ability to bring about the full expression of God's love to them. Yes, this is what we do now. Yes, we should go and put love first. Right here, right now, this is where we're going to pick it up next week. As we talk about putting that into play and into practice within our marriages, within your future marriages. That we have the opportunity to put family first, to put love first. Let's worship.